0: You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Hey, good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. We're going to jump right into the show. The winners, the losers, and the childishness of the State of the Union. That's it. The lead.
1: Ah, Bruce, yes, the president gave his State of the Union speech last night, but frankly, very few people are talking about what was actually said, right? More are discussing what was done or rather not done. And if you didn't watch the hour and 15 minute speech, here's a quick rundown for you. President didn't shake Speaker Pelosi's hand. Pelosi later ripped up the president's speech. Few Democrats walked out. Even more refused to attend. Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema stood and clapped with Republicans and a partridge in a pear
0: tree. Nice. Nailed it. Thanks for recapping it, by the way.
1: <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Because yeah. <laughs> that's but it.
0: It is a hell of a Rorschach test that's going on right now, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever. To which State of the Union address did you watch? Did you watch the one where Trump refused to shake Nancy Pelosi's hand when he hands her the, uh, I guess, the, the you hand her the speech? Uh, yeah, there's a copy of the speech. It's like a, it's in a bound, it's like a binder or something. Or did you watch the one where at the end of the speech, she stands up when everyone's applauding and pulls the pages out and proceeds to tear them What hat? do
1: I see in, in, in this paint blot
0: yeah. test? If I saw both of those. Yeah.
1: You know what I saw?
0: You're one of the normal people in the middle that sees a I'm bunch normal? of acting Since childish. I'm normal? Since when?
1: Yeah. Wow. No, I, I think I'm a mom is what I see. Because when I the president didn't shake her hand, I'm like, come on, seriously? What? In
0: keeping with his brain. No, no, no I, but, yeah. but
1: I, I find myself asking that question a lot, all right? So oh, yeah. I am consistent with that. Ah, oh, come on, seriously? And then when Nancy Pelosi tore the speech, I went, Ah, oh, come on, seriously? Yeah. To me as a parent, they both need timeouts. You need to go to your corner, <laughs> think about what you did, and if you're not ready to apologize, I'm taking a scarf. I'm tying your hands together, and oh. you guys are spending the rest of the day together oh. until you guys can make nice with one another. Double out. these. This is just such childish behavior, and and like I feel for like every high school administrator out there who is responsible for running any kind of like student government. If you had like you know competing like student leaders that would refuse to shake each other's hands, and like as a junior in high school or uh, a high school say. Senior in high schooler and tore up the speech of an opponent in front of the entire class. There would be detention. Yeah, yeah. This I, is childish, and these people are running our government, not yeah. not high school student council.
0: Right. And and again, I, I I I look at it at and and believe me, there's a good eye roll in there, and I laugh on the inside at the people who only see disrespect on one side. It's well, both. then you're just not paying attention. It's then both. that's fine. You don't have to. Two wrongs don't make a right. But, and it, uh, he, he started start it, she yeah, yeah, started like, it. But it's, it's both. It's, it's irrelevant. Both. Yeah. It is irrelevant.
1: And there is drama over all of it.
0: Pelosi tweets, Democrats will never stop extending the hand of friendship to get the job done for the people. God, we will geez. work to find common ground where yeah. we can, but we'll stand our ground where we cannot. The Trump campaign tweeting of Pelosi, she might as well rip up any plans for oh. attracting independent voters. Yeah. Pelosi and the Democrats yeah. sat on their hands. Through all of the good news for Americans in that speech, says the campaign. No, no voter was no, wait, swayed by the State of the Union address. Sorry,
1: but 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 in all reality, that last statement is not true. Not all Democrats sat on their hands. Oh, good point. There was one. There was one adult in the room, frankly, that should have sent them both to their corners. And that that adult is here from the great state of Arizona. Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema stood and clapped for the president after he said this.
0: Jobs and investments are pouring into 9,000 previously neglected neighborhoods thanks to Opportunity Zones, a plan spearheaded by Senator Tim Scott as part of our great Republican...
1: Okay, so he's touting the economy, he's he's touting these Opportunity Zones,
0: and... And and that was a bipartisan, uh, the Opportunity Zones was... You had people from both sides voted on that. Yeah, exactly. But when he mentioned it, oh, we can't clap for that, right? Even though you might have voted for it, which is bizarre. So, Arizona Senator
1: Kirsten Cinema had on a lovely blue dress. The only reason why I tell you what she was wearing last night is because most people, most Democrats, were wearing white, and her standing up in this blue dress stood out. I mean, like you couldn't miss it. She does have her
0: own sense of fashion. Yeah, you know what? And I kind of like the yeah. sense
1: of fashion, and I kind of like. The sense of having your own mind, and I think that that's what Senator Kirsten Cinema did last night. Now, is it going to tick off the Democrats? Oh yeah, they were already threatening to censure her last year here in the state of Arizona. You think this is going to help that? I know. she wonder. is an adult in the room.
0: Yeah, and I I just don't know if it helps her yet. I'm I I don't know, and 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 the jury will be out on it. C- again. She doesn't have to run for reelection till 2022. Let's go cool with that. Six years, yes. You're doing math again. 2024. I don't know. Yeah, yeah 2024.
1: So she she's went got in 18, a while. Yeah.
0: So she's not at the point where she has to worry about what the poll numbers look like. Okay, so I'll, I'll grant her that. But will she be given enough time to have this maverick brand, this John McCain-ish, sometime, I, I'm my own person, I'm not going to be led around by the nose by an R or a D, because, again, just getting back to how the Senate works... If you don't play the game to a certain level, the leadership of the party... Doesn't let you play in their reindeer games.
1: Yeah, but right now you're not hearing too many people take her to task, and the reason being is because, <laughs> you know, they they want to make sure they hold on to the very volatile seat that we have here in Arizona in this next upcoming election. Yeah, they they don't want you know to to give any fuel, so to speak, to uh, Senator Martha McSally. So they're they're keeping their powder dry, so to speak, when it comes to Kirsten. But Sinema. you understand what She's, I mean? I do. I do. But here's the well, other thing. Get Prime like about this. committee
0: assignments will Maybe she not. get? Will uh, you know? Will, I mean, will they raise money for her, or will she be seen as a bit of an oddity? And here you go, stand in the back. Potentially, but she's
1: not one that's going to take that lightly. She's going to dress loud so that you acknowledge her, You're and she's going to her. do weird things that are against that's the that. party line so that she gets some of that coverage. And I think it's an interesting strategy. I don't know if Senator Kyrsten Sinema is legitimately a centrist. Yeah, I, I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't know her personally I don't. to know if that's.
1: Because I know that when she first got into politics, oh, she was left wing. I mean, like she was, she was way to the left. And so now she's kind of come to the center. What's the strategy behind that? Is she sitting back and is she looking at this going, y'all have gone nuts because, you know, you're married to the right or you're married to the left and I'm going to be different. I'm going to dress different. I'm going to act different. I'm going to get the attention because I think that there is a lane. Is there? Not exactly sure, but but it is most definitely fun to watch. But isn't
0: the argument you're making, one, that I'm 100% in favor of, that there needs to be a third party, that there needs to be a true independence, people who are not uh, reflexively uh, preconditioned to vote R or D, regardless of what's, what's their personal belief or what's in the best interest of their constituents, because I'm all in favor. If that's really who Kirsten Sinema is, I'm all in favor of it. But stop calling yourself a D, and you're certainly not an R also.
1: Well, you, you just said preconditioned, and so for a moment, let's just actually talk about some of the substance of what was said in last night's speech, because I think that there were a lot of children in the room and very few, of only one uh, of an adult, there was a moment, though, in the speech, and the president's going to tout the the, uh, the economy, and I get it, and some of which he can take credit for, some There's of which of I don't think that he could. Oh, well. And that's all nuanced. You're like, oh, did Obama start it? Oh, is it yeah. because of Trump? And you could kind of argue that well, one way or the other. It's the
0: same like gas prices. Like, you blame yeah. or credit the president for gas prices and, going up or down. And I honestly they think that, like,
1: you know, whether you have an R or a D as to whether or not you give him credit or sure. whether or not you don't. Um, but was was one moment in the speech last night that that I think is worth us diving into just for a moment a little bit deeper. And that is because it's one that impacts all of us. And last night when the president said this, I got a little upset.
0: I've also made an ironclad pledge to American families. We will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. Well, I'm that's a big piece of the Obamacare legislation, right? The popular part.
1: No, you're not. Oh. Now, you many of times have called this president a liar. And I've kind of hedged and said, well, you know, he has a he has a uh, difficult relationship with the truth. And and there have been times where, you know, I haven't quite gotten that gone that far. I'll go that far this time. He's lying. Yeah. He's so, and the reason why I think it's important that we call a spade a spade on this is because pre existing conditions are going to impact so many of the people who are listening to us right now. And for the president to stand there and say that he has an ironclad pledge, folks, that is a lie. This president and this administration have fought hard and all three branches of government to strip people of their pre-existing conditions. He couldn't do it alone through the executive branch, so he went to the legislative branch, and it is now, he has sued, going through the judicial branch. So this is a lie, and this is one that impacts so many of you, and so I think it's worth at least acknowledging that because it can have far-reaching well, ramifications. It's one thing to lie
0: about how big your hands are, or how big the, the, the Or say that you're, 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 you're taking you're, the, credit for the
1: entire economy, uh, right, because the, you Gas prices going down, that. right.
0: Okay, I get that. But you're saying that the idea that Trump wants to protect and enshrine pre-condition- pre-existing conditions and that people will have the insurance they need for that, uh, he can say it. Everything he's Doesn't make it true. done has been the exact opposite. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I think that that's an important point. Yeah.
0: And, and again, that's one of those, it was like the popular part of Obamacare. I hate Obamacare. Well, What do you like? Well, I like being covered pre-existing conditions, can sail 26. You know, then you like a lot of the parts of Obamacare. I hate to bring it to you. Um, one more reason. One more reason. Why I will never set foot on a, a cruise ship. We had the cruise ship last week outside of Italy where they thought somebody with the coronavirus was on it and they wouldn't let them actually come to the port.
1: Did they actually have coronavirus? I haven't.
0: Okay. Sorry. That that was like a year ago.
1: Oh, I know.
0: This new cycle these days? That was a year ago, last week. Um, Now we have another cruise ship with a whole bunch of people who have come down with the coronavirus, and they're stuck on the boat for two weeks. Can't leave. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Maybe you're thinking of a lovely cruise. Well, I would tell you, if you booked yourself on the a Diamond Princess cruise ship, you would currently be sitting just off the port of Yokohama, Japan, unable to leave the boat. Why? Because of the almost over 3,000 people on board the boat. Some of them have the coronavirus. In Hong Kong, a cruise ship with 1,800 passengers is now quarantined after 30 crew members came down with symptoms. And in Japan, another cruise ship is under quarantine as 10 people tested positive. Okay, how about Don't that? On I, I, I only
1: knew about the 10 people that, that uh, tested positive on the Japanese one. I didn't know about the one in Hong Kong with 30 crews, uh, or, or crew
0: members. rather. Yeah.
1: Okay, um...
0: Ten people okay. <laughs> tested positive for the coronavirus on board you know, the boat, but now because of the what do we call it, incubation period, and yeah. it w- the next 14 days you are stuck on the boat. You can't leave. No one can come on. There are worse
1: places to be quarantined. I don't know. You uh, I mean come on? They got buffet. They got a buffet. <laughs> They've got entertainment. Quit There's arguing. a casino. I mean, there are worse places. Yeah, uh, when you've got close quarters, I mean, you thought going on a cruise ship, the only thing you really had to worry about was like the, the what norovirus. Now it's the yeah. coronavirus. It's just fill in the blank virus. Yeah, it it it, it can be a bit. Uh a bit scary with that, yeah. but I mean, it's it's an illness, I, I guess. I'm, I'm just not all alarmed about this. What I am alarmed about, though, are some of these like dystopian videos that we're seeing as to how China is treating and handling the re- the very true, real outbreak concern. I get the panic that's in China yeah. that is ensuing. Um, other places, me, not so much. Don't get that. But China, China's actually using drones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to tell people go back to your house. Chinese officials now using drones equipped with speakers to warn citizens to wear their masks and to take other precautions. And it it looks lighthearted, the way state media is portraying this. They kind of jokingly will call out people in a fun way, saying, hey, you over there, you're not wearing your mask, put it on. But there's a serious undertone, and the folks who are not wearing their masks, the vast minority, I would say, are making others quite uneasy. And in some cases, wearing masks here is now mandatory, depending on where you are.
0: You probably, I'm assuming you've been out and about and you've heard the little, mm, the drone above you. You've, you've maybe heard the engine. You look up and go, oh, somebody's got a drone. They're taking pictures. Maybe a soccer game, whatever like that. No, they're stalking you. Either, or they're stalking they are, you. Yeah, they're watching So you. now in China, we've got, <laughs> you hear a little thing and you look up above and it goes, hey you. By the way, I'm assuming in Chinese. So don't make me do this. In, <laughs> You're not going to translate into Mandarin I'm not going to trans- trans- translate it, but like, hey you, go home. Put your mask on. No joke. So
1: I watched a video of oh, this. Oh, God. Because they've, you know, and they're yeah, also videotaping yeah. these things. Because there's a kid. There is uh, a little Chinese lady. Okay. There's She's a lot of them. walking through an empty lot. Mm hmm. And she's just kind of walking, and you see her kind of turn and look up, and she uh-huh. keeps walking. And then she turns and she looks up, and then she just stares. And she's turning, and she's looking at this drone that's hanging over mm-hmm. her head, telling her to go home, go home, and get your mask. You go home. Don't now. get, <laughs> <laughs> don't get out of, don't leave your house. Put your mask on. And she keeps walking, looking over like, her shoulder. What the hell's yelling at me. Yeah, it was super weird. I'm a it, grandma, it was, don't it talk was to me so like that. Oh, yeah. Dystopian to yes. watch because then yes. in like the next clip, Uh-oh. you're on this. this this desolate Chinese like community street, and there's nobody, no. nobody on the street Looks except like for these three. Looks like downtown
0: Phoenix without a Suns game. <laughs>
1: <Just> <laughs> that empty. You got these three people, and of course they all have masks on. One has a bullhorn, and the other two have a banner, kind of like they're going to kick off a parade. Okay. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't read Mandarin, so I don't quite know no. what the banner reads, but I'm sure it says Put your mask on and stay home. (laughs) Okay, the same thing that they were yelling at the old lady. Uh, But you got the guy now with a bullhorn yelling at people, don't come out of your house, stay in your house. To which I beg, well, why are you
0: out? Yeah, but uh, But that's why they're sending the drones so that they don't have to go out amongst the sick. They can just fly a drone over the community and yell at old Chinese ladies to go home and put your mask on.
1: I think the Chinese lady could have, you know, taken the drone if it would have gotten a little closer. I could have she, taken listened, it. she was about ready to like swing. Gotta, I think got, she was got ready to swing. That's why they got to cane, right. they gotta do it via drone because if you actually say it face to face, yeah, you know what, they might go to blows. We're
0: making fun of it until it turns into the world's worst horror movie. So. Oh my gosh! There actually actually some good news about the coronavirus. We'll talk about that a little later. There might be some some boy. We're looking for silver linings at least when it comes to that. Is there a new front runner? In the race for president on the D side, we're getting, I guess, finally, the results out of Iowa and a pretty unexpected name at the top of the list. At least I think it's unexpected because I'm not paying close enough attention and I still can't pronounce it. We'll talk about that coming up next on Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. The uh, kerfuffle that was the Iowa caucus is still ongoing, by the way, Pamela. We still don't have a final tally. I think we're at 70-something percent uh, votes counted or caucus. You say it's still ongoing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it is. But uh, no, it's not. It's over. It's done. People don't care anymore.
0: I don't disagree. But uh, and and. That may be a shame for one candidate, especially because right now, at least in the lead, and even as more votes come in, it's a narrow lead. Uh, Mayor Pete, the former mayor of South, wait, wait. Ba- what do you
1: call him? Mayor Pete, because you can't say his last name.
0: Yes, a full Booty Judge, Buddy Judge, but I've heard him say it, and there's a different emphasis on this allowable in there. So it's it's not Buddy Judge is the. Generic way to say it, but he actually says it a little bit differently, which I think we're gonna throws to, to, me off.
1: No, but here's the deal now that he uh, is, Technic- the, te-
0: technically, is the winner uh,
1: of Iowa, I think we're all gonna learn how to say it properly because it's still gonna though. I think there are a lot of people that don't know a lot about oh, him, without a don't doubt. Don't so, count me as one, okay? So, uh, former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, small town, yes, small town mayor.
0: He's he's twenty three years old, right? No, he's not twenty three
1: years old. How he, old is he? He's uh, he's in his late thirties, early forties. Mm. Well, I think he's early forties. He?
0: Okay, I'll go twenty four.
1: No, he's early. I think he got. Uh, I don't know if to check how old he is, but he's he's not old. Let's put it that way. He's by he far the, the second, youngest. Well, he he was the second youngest mayor ever to be elected to South Bend that I do know. He is a combat vet. Yes, and he also went to Harvard, went to Oxford. Rhodes wow. Scholar.
0: Oh, so he's a smarty pants on top of it. And he's gay. That's a lot going on. Like, There's a ton going on So when on you there. say Mayor Pete, play along with me. You say Mayor Pete, Pete Judge. Is he um, former mayor of South Bend? Is that his title? Is he... Well, they call him Mayor Pete. Is he lieutenant in the Navy? Lieutenant Pete. Is he... Gay Pete, booted judge. Is he Rhodes Scholar? Pete. I mean, he's got a lot. Harvard graduate, Oxford Harvard, graduate. He's yeah. got a lot going there, on. There's a lot him, going right? on, and, and he's apparently the winner of the Iowa caucus.
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting that we take a look at this because, again, we try to give you some perspective on this show. And I think that, you know, we, we can't just run away with this and say, oh, Mayor Pete is the best. The oh, he's next 38, thing since late, by the way. He's thirty. Okay, thank you for that. I know he's late 30s, up. early 40s. By the way, he was born in 1982. Stop. I'm just going to let that
0: breathe for a looks second. But he younger than that even. Oh,
1: my God. Okay, 82? Anyway. He was born in 1982.
0: Jeez. Oh, yeah.
1: We have to we have to keep perspective that this is one state. This is oh, one state. It is a midwestern state. Yeah, just like Buttigieg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is very white. Without this is doubt. not representative of our country. Oh no. Now, in the, the raw numbers that we're getting right now, it, Sanders, you know, won a lot of support in the caucuses. Mm-hmm. He's leading polls in New Hampshire. You take a look at Biden. Biden leads in national surveys, Uh, but and I think this this well well if we're gonna call Buddha Judge a winner, we gotta call Biden a loser. And the reason why you know you call Biden a loser here is one, he couldn't beat the former mayor of South Bend and two senators who were stuck in an impeachment trial.
0: Joe Biden has underwear older than Pete Buttigieg. Right. Okay? He's got socks older than 38 years old. Let's get that out of the way. So there is a very big... Um, there's a huge gap there. And uh, I learned some more about Mayor Pete. Uh, he was on the Bill Maher show over the weekend. And I have not heard him speak a lot. I don't pay a lot of attention to this. I don't vote in the Which D I'm down primaries. Um... He is, I don't know why, when I see pictures of him, he just strikes me as really young. And so maybe I don't expect this level of kind of polished. Because he comes across, he comes across polished, he comes across smart, but not smarmy. Do you know what I'm saying? Not too fake. Most of the folks I talk to mainly just want to be sure we beat Donald Trump. And if you think about it for a minute, every single time. That my party has captured the White House in the last 50 years. It's been with a candidate who is looking to the future, new to national politics, and opening the door to a new generation. That's and, interesting. You know, and
1: he is new to national oh. politics. But it, think about that. It, and that is why a lot of people don't know about the fact that, you know, he is a combat vet,
0: right? Think about Obama, Clinton, Jimmy Carter. They were all... They weren't like the vice president of the previous D and they were destined to be the president. You you know what I'm saying? But think about the ones that have lost to his credit. Clinton. um, John John Kerry lost. Al Gore. Like they were like the the ordained next old D to run and they all lost. And the younger don't quite know as much about him. That's an interesting argument. He's also funny.
1: And I did not know this about Mayor Pete. I did know, not so know he has sense of humor. I, I, we, I haven't really been following him a ton. Agreed. And in fact, you know we're, we're we're still learning how to pronounce his name. This Let's is how he, This is how he says it. Buttigieg.
0: Buttigieg. Buttigieg.
1: Buttigieg. I'm still going to go with Judge. I can remember yeah. that. Judge. All right. Okay. But when he was park. on with Bill Maher, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Bill, Bill's going to needle him a little bit, right? Asking these questions. And man, he handled it. Take a listen. I
0: don't think if Trump loses, he's going to concede. Scenario, you win. You are president-elect Pete. You win, but Trump says there are irregularities and he can't give up the office because it's a deep state hoax. What do you do? Well, it's going to be a little awkward when Chasten and I are moving into the White House, but at the end of the day, there's only one president.
1: <laughs> but I mean, think about that. Not only was it funny and, you know, and, yeah. and a nice quip there, but if you're over the age of 35, yeah. this is a pretty amazing time. We have a man who is just 38. And, you know, y- if you were in high school in the 90s, like I was, and you were gay, did you ever think that there was a time you were going to be able to get married? have children, run for president. Well, thanks. That's (laughs) where I was going. Oh, OK. You know, get married, have children, take paternity leave and then run for president. No, no. It's pretty amazing.
0: No, no. That would have been out of the question, right? That would have been out of the question. But uh, uh, coming out of Iowa, as of right now, Mayor Pete is still in the lead and could hold on. And even if he slips to a, a close second behind Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders, It's still an amazing showing for a guy that most of us can't pronounce his name. And as
1: far as Sanders is concerned, I mean, it's also worth pointing out that he lost nearly half the people who caucused for him in 2016. And he also didn't generate the turnout that he had promised. So what does that say?
0: I think there's a whole that's a whole nother argument that, again, I may not be as versed in, but there is a civil war going on inside the Democrats, right?
1: And there's a lot of race to still be ran. I Fair mean, th- there's a lot of time here, folks. New
0: Hampshire's next up, right? We got that coming up. So, why, why are people with insurance still skipping their doctor visits? We're going to talk into that complicated, complicated situation coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Stop, stop. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Let's see what you did there. little well, Thompson twins and Dr. Doctor, why are we talking about your doctor? So there's one whole debate about insurance and access to health care, affordable, right? But let's say you have insurance. Okay? Mm-hmm. Why are you still skipping going to the doctor? Because we're finding there's a lot of you out there that do.
1: Yeah, a lot of you that have insurance that still aren't going to the doctor. K-Y. Um Well, there is this uh, real or perceived, you know, need for visits. Do, do you really need to go? Doctor tells you you need to follow up with this. Do I really need to follow up? Do are I? you just trying to get me to come back again?
0: You just want another copay. You
1: also have um, people that are worried about the cost. I mean, like that's a huge deterrent too as to why some don't go. A lot are looking for you know alternative care out there. So people feel so poor and and, and they distrust the system so much. Mm-hmm. They are either denying that they're sick or they're trying to fix it themselves. That's and again
0: a- and again these
1: are also people that have
0: insurance they have insurance right it's not that they don't have the ability to pay or they're worried about some huge bill that won't be covered they are i mean i think this is bad news they are skeptical of the health care system in general yeah and i think part of that
1: comes down to you can put me in that category for a bit um Because a lot of times I feel like they're just trying to cover their butt.
0: Defensive medicine, it's called, You know, it's
1: one of those things where, like, you need to go get an MRI. Do I? Does this really rise to the level of needing an MRI? Like, and it also seems like a lot of times, at least my experience, and that's all I'm speaking from folks is my experience. Yours might be vastly different. But uh, instead of trying, like, alternative things, we're going straight to the most invasive,
0: no. The most extreme thing. The most extreme. To, yeah. The
1: most invasive. I'm like, can we start with so, PT? Yeah.
0: Uh, and, Why do we go straight to surgery? And again, I, I've heard the term. I've heard the term defensive medicine, but I actually had a doctor explain it to me when I hurt myself racing. It happens a couple times. And I went to. I drove myself to the emergency room. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. And then they put me in an ambulance and took me to a hospital. I remember that. It cost nine thousand dollars. Yeah. And when the doctor finally got around to seeing me at the hospital from the little emergency, I was in one of those community emergency rooms. I said, "So why did we go through this whole rigmarole?" And he goes, "That's defensive medicine today." And he said, "You know," he goes, "You have a heart murmur, by the way." He goes, "In case you don't know," I go, "I know." And they go, "Well, they took it as you're having a cardiac event." He goes, "You didn't have a cardiac event. You're not having a cardiac event. But if they send you home and you have a cardiac event, it's on them." And he goes, I go, So we went through all of this because somebody heard a my heart murmur? The answer is yes. And That's so ridiculous. you can see me saying what have the you said next to me? time yep. I'm in that situation, yep. hard no. I can refuse medical treatment. And I reluctant, I was like, no, I'm okay. That. And they're like, no, you really should go, and we're gonna transport you. And I go, no, I'm fine. And they insisted, next time, no. I'm fine. I'm walking out of here. You can't force me to go to the emergency room
1: and and that is where the system has lost a lot of that trust and I mean, you think about where do that trust where's that trust also built? A lot of times it's built with your primary care physician right you you try to develop a relationship with them so that you have a history and they know who you are trust them yeah, exactly, but nowadays too, because i again. My perspective, insurance kind of has this on like a churn and burn type of schedule. You don't have a lot of time with the doctor when you can get time because my biggest frustration is, I'm sick today. Great, I'll see you next Friday. No, that doesn't work for me.
0: Right, right. I'm just
1: going to go to CVS, Walgreens at that point I'm in time NyQuil it and up. get some
0: tussin'. I'm going to tussin' it up.
1: Right. That's how or, I deal it. Or I think what a lot of other people have done, and I have done several times as well, I stopped going to the primary care. I just go to like a minute clinic. Or I just go to one of those, those mm. see like a nurse practitioner in one of the drugstores. I can really? check in online. I've never done that yet. I can check in online and I walk in. I might have to wait 10 minutes or so. But what I get my medication right there and I leave. I don't have to jump through all the hoops.
0: And so what you're arguing is that the healthcare system, system yeah. is and I, I, I certainly would make this argument. Thankfully, I found a doctor. I introduced him to you too, mm-hmm. um, who's not like this. But that the healthcare system was not customer focused in any way, shape, or form. With me being the patient, I'm the customer. I'm paying for this service, and so many healthcare providers treated me like I'm paying for this service. And you still treat you like you're doing me a favor by letting me show up and wait for an hour and a half in your waiting room.
1: Yeah. Um, they don't know it, but I fired another doctor yesterday. Oh. Uh, my appointment was at one time I waited an hour No, no, I would not wait an, an hour. hour for anybody I was in for the anything. room at this point in time And I mean, my anxiety was through the roof yep. Because it was so irritated yep. I left my phone behind oh, God. And I had to go back Uh-oh. You know, I, I had my appointment yeah, yeah, yeah. And I left my phone behind And I had to go back I didn't say anything to them But they're fired your time is not more important than mine. Uh, I, I waited 10, in the room. 15 minutes. Yeah. 10, 15 minutes. I get it. Y'all you, you get behind. Or if you're really running that far behind, here's a tip for all the physicians out there. Just communicate Explain that to me. me. Don't just Stuff me in another room. I'm a reasonable human being. Yeah. Just tell me it's happening. I will grant you grace. You ignore me and feel like your time is more important than mine. You're fired.
0: Yeah, I waited in the the second room they put me in for the doctor to come in an hour and 10 minutes after my appointment and told him I'm leaving. What do you mean? I go, I just waited here long enough to tell you you're fired. That's all. I know you don't care, but my time's more important than yours. Sorry. And
1: that is why fewer people are going to
0: primary care. Yeah. Like I said, the idea that you think your time's special and mine isn't, you've lost your mind. The State of the Union Address, full of childish antics. And one Arizona senator, did she break through? We're going to talk about that. Coming up next.